Hallelujah. That ought to get your blood moving a little bit this morning. Yeah, hallelujah. Well, you know, I'm glad to be back. Last Sunday, I was involved with a TLC teacher's training, a yearly thing that goes on. My wife and I were training the preschool uh, teachers on procedures. So we did that last week, but I hope my brother did okay and uh, enjoyed the fact that he could come in. Hallelujah. He didn't miss a beat. Good. And what I wanted to do real quick for just a moment before we get started in the announcements, I wanted to recognize my son, Tyler. Tyler, if you stand up for just a minute. I know that many of you here are veterans. You know what it's like to get out of boot camp, have 10 days home, and get ready for the next uh, three or four months in uh, advanced infantry training. So, Tyler, we're proud of you, buddy. I'm very proud of you as a dad. You need to know that. And I... And Tyler, I speak into you health and wholeness. I speak into you safety. I speak into you leadership that will come out of you and every pore of your body. And what I speak into you is a faith of God that will carry you through anything, son. I'm proud of you, Tyler. Amen. I love you. Amen. Oh, come on. You guys can do better than that. Hallelujah. Hoorah! Thank Hoorah. you, Rhonda. <laughs> well, Zechariah 4, 6 says that not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Can you say that with me? Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And uh, that's what I'm believing for you, Tyler, that you will be led by the spirit every moment of your, t- of your time and the prayer that your father spoke over you and the prophecy that it will come true and you will be of good success. Amen. So, amen. And uh, if you're a first time visitor here today, we welcome you. And I hope you got a gift bag. If you did not, please pick one up at the entrances. And uh, we pray that God blesses you today. We pray that he shows you his love, how much he loves you. Do you know how much God loves us? Do you know he loves us so much that he, say it with me, John 3.16, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. So we give you praise, Lord God. We give you praise. Now, uh, there is an announcement in the announcement sheet about needs for people who have damage to their homes. If you've had problems and damage, please call the office or Pastor Bonnie is giving her cell out if you need help. Like, uh, like today, the office is closed, but it will be open tomorrow. And there's, we are wanting to help if you need non-perishables, toilet paper, <laughs> paper towels, whatever we might be able to supply for you. And uh, today's Bible class was led by Brian Patnod. It was just wonderful. Where are you, Brian? Oh, you're over there. It was just wonderful. As always, he lets us know how God is so good. The goodness of God, and he gave us the Hebrew. That was just amazing. Really deep, really rich, really anointed. Thank you so much for that teaching today. And that we should never quit that we are God's masterpiece, and when going gets tough, like Gino lost his home and his car, Zosh, the roof came off her, her house, 
Susan and Vince Baumstark, they lost their house. They've been flooded. And there's so many other people who've had much, much, much devastation. But they gave testimony. Gino and Zosh gave testimony this morning. And like you said, Brian, we saw the joy of the Lord even in the midst of all that. So thank you both. Thank you. And uh, this Thursday, oh, next Sunday, Jim Duncan is going to be teaching the Sunday Bible class. Thank you. (laughs) And uh, this Thursday, the TLC men and the TLC women will be gathering together again. And it's, it's a great time for you to attend, to get to know your fellow saints and share the word of God with each other. It's really a wonderful, special time. Linda Roberts will be finishing her series on health and wholeness, spiritual and body, soul, and spirit. So please attend, 6.30. Is it 6 o'clock or 6.30? 6. 6 6 o'clock, is it? 6 o'clock. Okay. And bring a bag dinner if you want. And uh, right now we're going to do something very, very worthy of praise. It is give our tithes and offerings because the Lord is so good to us. Thank you. (laughs) The Lord is so good to us. The Lord has met all of our needs. He's going to meet the needs of those who've been through so much devastation. God, we just thank you so much. Your heart is broken for those who are hurting. So our hearts break with the hurts that break your heart, Lord God. And we thank you as we give today that not only are you going to further the kingdom through these givings, but you will meet the needs of all those who cry out to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have you ever seen so much stuff out on the street that after this hurricane? That's why I changed the message. Uh, it was going to be, uh, you work out doubt by walking it out. But I've, I've decided it's going to be, today it's going to be exposed, my stuff on the street. Uh, you know, most storms have personalities. You may not know that. <clears throat> Some are very big, like Hurricane Andrew, back in 1992, came across South Florida, tore down towns. Uh, one of the gusts up to a minute long was 175 miles an hour, just devastated South Florida. And its personality was a wind storm. Didn't have a lot of rain, but it came barreling through Homestead. And if you have been down there, like on a recovery effort, you had to use GPS if you were a part of recovery crews to know where you were because there were no street signs. There was no way. Roads and bridges were gone. Other storms like Hurricane Charlie back in 2004 were not as big and strong, still caused a lot of damage. It came almost the same course that this one did across the state of Florida. And now three weeks after Hurricane Ian, there's still a lot of debris all over the streets. It was reported by CNN that this hurricane was a one in 1,000 year event for the hardest hit parts of Florida. And it was a a wind and a tremendous rain and storm surge maker. 
It was historic. That was its personality. And three weeks later, as you ride around the neighborhoods, some neighborhoods, you can easily see everything that was in the house. It's exposed out on the street. Furniture, mattresses, bedding, cabinets, clothes, carpet, carpet mat, sheetrock. Depends on how high it came and how high it wicked. Some sheetrock's two feet. Some is six or seven or eight feet. And bag after bag of personal items that once were in the most secret places of your house are now out on the street, exposed for everyone to see that rides by. You know, sometimes it takes a storm to get our stuff exposed, to get it out on the street for everybody to see it out in the open, out on the curb. Sometimes it takes a storm to get those things that are most hidden away and secret that we possess sometimes to be turned into nothing or rubble and then set out on the curb. Like when are they going to come get the stuff? When are they going to get, the limbs aren't so bad, but what about your stuff that's out on the street for everybody to see? You see, your stuff, it may be out on the street one day, but you just don't know when. You can look at the hurricane chart maps, and you can suppose it's coming your way, but sometimes that storm comes. You hope it makes a right turn. You hope it makes a left turn. You don't want it to hit anybody else, but you don't want to hit you. Because your stuff is liable to be out on the street for everybody to see. My hurricane plan has been the same as it's been my entire life. My entire life has been involved in planning for storms like this. And so I have my own personal one. And when Tracy and I moved into the house that we're in now in 2004, we moved into the house the weekend before Hurricane Charlie. And our house was built to Hurricane standards. So we're going to say, let's see what she's got. And we've got a big oak tree on the side of our yard that makes our house vulnerable. Because every storm, it rakes a little bit more. But it's one of these specimen trees that the city won't let you take down. And I've been working on it limb by limb (laughs) since 2004. You see, you need to have a plan for when a storm comes to try to keep your stuff off the street. We had shutters some sandbags, clean out the gutters. That was Tyler's job. Get some water, and I'd always make what's called a hurricane ham. I learned that from my parents. An old ham that you boil in the pot, and it can stay outside unrefrigerated for a week. 
And if it didn't, I've been eating them a week old my entire life and I'm okay. And one thing I did was I placed the trucks or the vehicles that wouldn't fit in the garage out on the street, straddling the sidewalk in the street. That's worked every storm until this one. When Tracy woke me up at 5 o'clock and said, one piece of your plan is fixing to come apart. The trucks out on the street are fixing to be flooded. So I went out with a pair of water shoes and my sleeping shorts and a cap. And I drove Tyler's truck across the street into the neighbor's front yard up as close as I could get because their car was in the garage. And I drove mine up as close as I could get it right up underneath that big oak tree and hope for the best. You see, you can lay out plans that work most of the time, but you need to know how you're going to react when a storm comes. You've got to think about the position you're going to be in before the wind starts. You can't put on shutters when the wind's blowing 50 miles an hour. You can't decide you're going to get batteries from Walgreens because you can't get there. You need to know what you're going to do before a storm. And many plans of storms were tested this year. I mean, the last couple of years we've been full through COVID. A year of rising prices and gas prices and unrest in the east. People shooting rockets over other countries. Supply line issues so you can't get stuff. You got to think about what you're going to do in your life before the hard time comes. And the storm gets your stuff out on the street makes things personal when your stuff's out there where everybody can see it. You may even try to put some branches over some of the stuff that's out there on the street to cover it up. Funny how some things remain untouched by time. John 8 has a story. First few verses of John 8. It's a story about a storm that came into a person's life and got things out in the open. Listen to John 8, verse 2. Now, early in the morning, he, Jesus, came again to the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down and he taught them. The temple is the central place where everyone goes. It's like the post office. It's like the barbershop. It's like the beauty parlor. It's like Wawa in Port Orange. It's where everybody goes. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. You see, there was a storm brewing. And they came and got her. And listen to what it says in verse 3. And they set her in the midst. Verse 4, and they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery. In the very act. Now, I want you just to think about that for a moment. She was caught in the act of adultery. I've caught a lot of people in my life because of one of my previous jobs as a police officer. I've caught them 
in the act of doing a lot of things. I want you to know that they went to the place that this woman was at. They went in her house or the house that she was in. And she was involved in the very act and brought out. Did she have a sheet? Did she have a cover? Did they let her get dressed? Or did they bring her out to shame her even more? You see, her stuff got out in the street. She certainly didn't want it there. She certainly didn't want to be there. But her stuff was out on the street. You know how it is when you're caught. Louie, did, did you eat that cake? No, mama. Well, what's all over your mustache? You know you're exposed. It, it comes at you. What must you have felt like? What must we feel like when our stuff's exposed out on the street? You see, you should have a plan before the storm comes. Exposed. Something that's visible and not hidden. When you're exposed, you're vulnerable. Everybody can see your stuff. And you're out on the curb. Please come get my stuff. Bring that truck. Get my stuff. Put it up and take it to the dump where it belongs. It shouldn't be here. What's it like to be exposed? Nobody wants their stuff exposed. They want it hidden. They want it packed away, back in the corner. Here's what Luke 8, 17 says. For there's nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out in the open. Now this storm may have beaten you down. And the last few years of this pandemic may have just wore you out. And, and you can get to where other things will be exposed, like your patience. You tell me it won't expose your patience after dealing with all this and then opening that refrigerator that's been off for 48 hours. Yeah, it stinks. You got to get it out. You got to clean it out. It'll expose your faith. What kind of faith do I have to get through this? Because I'm going to tell you, there's going to be other storms that are going to come. They're headed our way. God promises us to get through the storms. We've got to have a plan. And that plan is Jesus Christ. That plan is faith in the Lord, trust and hope. You know, you may not get new carpet but you may get better carpet. You sure don't like cutting off 
sheetrock, but you're going to get a new paint job. You, you may not want your stuff on the street, but maybe that's where it needs to get in order for you to say, I've had enough of this. Come pick up my stuff. I shouldn't have this anyway. Let me get rid of it. It's embarrassing, but I got to get rid of it. Times of storms are times for change. But like this woman, she would be judged by the law of Moses. She may never, ever get her reputation back. She may never get a husband or get a husband back. And she may lose all she has as she's exposed, sitting right in the midst of them. The bottom line is, none of this is a surprise to God. He knows our stuff. He knows our stuff like no one else knows our stuff. He sees our stuff. And he wants us to deal with our stuff. So that when the hurricane comes, when the storm comes, when the flood comes, and our stuff gets out on the street, he doesn't want us to be exposed. What he wants is us to yield to him. He sees your hurt. He sees your depression. He sees your disappointment. He feels your overwhelming feel. But let me tell you something. God is in the business of restoring. The stuff that's on the street is just stuff. God wants a relationship with us. A relationship that will endure everything. And if we get our stuff out on the street, it's just stuff. He's going to restore it. Listen to what Joel 2, 25 and 27 says. So I will restore to you. God will restore to you. He wants to get your stuff gone and give you better stuff, newer stuff. He wants to get what's in your heart that's out on the street that may not be clean. He wants to get it out there. So maybe you can look at it too. And you can say, I need a new heart. Create in me a new heart, O God. So I'll restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust. My great army which I sent among you, you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God who has dwelt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be put to shame. Then you shall know that I am the midst of Israel. I am the Lord your God and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame. Exposed, stuff out on the street. This is just one example. And I want you to know that God wants your stuff gone. He wants you cleaned up. He wants to help you with that. He will clean you up through his blood. I, I don't care what's on the street, or I don't care if things didn't quite get out on the street that should have got on the street. God knows your heart. Do you know Jesus Christ today? If you don't, you're thinking, man, I came here and I'm not exactly sure I know the Lord. And I got stuff 
that's been exposed or, man, I hope a storm doesn't come and expose my stuff. You, you, can, you can get rid of that stuff now. God's the truck that's going to pick it up and take it away. And he'll do that through faith in him. He'll do that through belief in him. What he'll be able to do is he'll be able to wash away any unrighteousness. He'll be able to move it out. Are there things you're dealing with? Things you need help with? It may be through this. I know when we cleaned out some refrigerators for some folks, it was thousands of dollars of food. How about when your car is taken away, full of water? It's gone. When we were going to pick up my son, we got a rental car because we had a lot of people going. And it was sad. People had lost everything. God is in the restoration business. God will restore. I will restore to you, says the Lord. So, not only here for salvation, but if you need prayer because of the things you've been going through these last few weeks or last few years or last few decades, today's a day of reckoning that God wants to restore to you. He wants you to come to him with all of your heart. Dear Lord, I thank you today for your son, Jesus Christ. I thank you that you are a restoring God. I thank you that you are here for us through every storm. And Father, when our stuff gets out on the street, you still love us. When our stuff gets exposed, you're still there. Father, when we need money and food and rest and respite, when we need a Sabbath, when we need a Shabbat, you're there for us. Dear God, I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You are uh, free to go, or if you need prayer, please come up. We have folks that are here to pray with you and for you. The prayer team would, uh, would come, and what we'll do is we'll just have some music and some time of prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, you're more than amazing. Despite everything that's happened, we adore you, we praise you, we give you all the love we can, even in hard times. You're so good to us, and we are so thankful that you're faithful when we are not faithful, that you love us when we are unlovely. That you never give up on us. You never forsake us.